into sports. 20 yards out, Ursa shoot, don't shoot! Oh, oh what a goal for Fabinho! Wow! Then get into the all new OTB Sports app. I think when he apologises to me, I probably will say hello to him, yeah. No. Videos, sports news, live scores, interviews. If Abregas is going to come up to me in the street and give me some of a mouth that he would have given me on a football pitch, what do we get a slap? Plus, exclusive content on the OTB Podcast Network. The biggest names in sports. Ready when you are. Search OTB Sports on your app store and download it now. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Fueling the mischief in the beautiful game. Gamble responsibly. See Dunleary.net. A young Giles, he seems to be an inside forward with a very great future. Oh, there's no no question about that at all. He's a wonderful player. He's a very quick football brain, and uh, he was given the opportunity to use it. Well, I think it was the climate of the times, Jim. You know, I played Manchester United and had my leg broken at Birmingham. And uh, I think during the 60s, it was a very, very tough game. And there was a lot of physical stuff. And I was regarded as a skillful player. And when you're a skillful player, you're a target. And my attitude was, well, I'm going to make a living in this game and I want to make it, then I'm going to have to be as tough as everybody else. And I set out to do that. Lorimer, you'll play it wide again for Giles to drive it. And there it is from Johnny Giles. And we came out, out of the second division, we, were, we scrambled a lot and we played scrambly football. Very tenacious, very resilient in what we're doing. And at times too naughty for our own. And that looked very much like a right hook by Johnny Giles. All the things that uh, they say about Leeds, uh, the bad things they say about it, they knew as players that we were a great team. Giles, Alistair Brown, and again Giles. Good try, it's Johnny Giles! Bobby Collins was, you remember Bobby Collins? Bobby Collins was a great Scottish player that played for Leeds. And he used to have a saying for the players, when he was rating players. Do you know what he used to say? Would he kill his granny? <laughs> it's true. Would he kill his granny? And Bobby Collins would kill his granny right. and his grandfather okay, to, win, so what we're to, saying, to win what a match. We're, what we're saying tonight then, that England have got to get a manager who knows all about back alleys yeah. and they got to have players who will kill their grannies. Duncan was a trickster anyway. He could do all sorts of tricks on and off the pitch. He could jump over a mini jar. Did you ever hear about that? No. Duncan McKenzie. What? What he did, actually, Jack, he sort of only strolled up to it two or three strides. And I honestly thought he was going to turn back and say, oh, look, lads, I'm only joking. Hopped over it. Hopped over the mini. In one go. one go. Granny Lee. You know, Franny was Man City, Man City yeah. lad, and Franny could dish it about. As it happened, the players crossed. Kind of, you know, the first place in that was Mike Summerby. Do you remember Mike yeah, Summerby? Yeah, he, yeah. he could get stuck in as well. Right. You know, my reaction was, "You keep your fucking nose out." See, and Billy says, "You seen the size of his nose, way man?" You see. <laughs> well, well, when you see a player playing, uh, Nathan, who needs to kick up the backside, you don't have to know him. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> like if he needs to kick up the backside, he needs to kick up the backside. Johnny Giles then with the kick. He scores, it's one nothing Leeds, and Bremner leaps to his feet, he could tell by the roar of the crowd. Thanks, Richie. Okay, Nathan. John, good evening to you, how are you? Good evening, Chair. John, how are you doing, you're there? I'm here, Adrian, yeah. Now, good, good, I hope everything works out okay, Joe, that's the main thing now. 
thinks that I am unforgettable too. What a day for he, what a day for the Ireland side, and what a tribute to the man who's masterminded it all, Johnny Giles. A fitting tribute to an unforgettable life in football. It is Thursday night. It is with John Giles, as always, but with a bit of a difference. Happy birthday, John. Thanks, Nathan. How are you keeping? I'm trying to forget, I'm trying to forget them now, Nathan. <laughs> it's but a number at this stage, John. It's but a number. You're, o- you're over in Birmingham at the moment. You're keeping well? I'm keeping well, Nathan. Yeah, keeping out of trouble so far. Good, good. Keeping well, away from the virus. My 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 son is one of my sons is here with me. Ah, brilliant. Setting it up, making sure everything is okay. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, it's it's a real shame that we can't mark the occasion in person. I'm sure there would have been a big night out in Dublin with all your family and friends. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that over the coming months when things start to get back to normal yeah. again. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll make up, Nathan. We will, we will, we will. <coughs> Listen, but for the next couple of hours, we've got lots of special guests lined up, so you sit back, relax, and maybe your son will get, you know, Bacardi and Coke, and you can relax for the next I've couple of hours. It. I've got it, Nathan. You've started already? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I got warmed up. I should have brought myself in a glass of wine. I could have, had, I could have made a right all night of it. So we've got loads of good guests coming up over the next couple of hours, people that you played with, people you played against, people you worked alongside, so it's going to be really good stuff, and... Just a little surprise for you first, John, before we get started, because we've been asked to pass on a letter to you from the president, Michael D. Higgins, which we sent over last week. It should be there. Uh, I think your son might have it for you. It's all framed up. He has it here, Nathan. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, the president asked us to send it on. I have a copy of it here. I'll read it out for the listeners at home. You can have a look at it there as well. It says, Dear John, on this, your 80th birthday, I take real pleasure in not only wishing you a very happy birthday, but also to thank you for everything you've done for Irish football. Unfortunately, we will all have to mark this special day in new restricted circumstances, but there's no restriction on our gratitude to you for your enormous contribution to Irish football, both on and off the pitch, where you are widely regarded as one of Ireland's greatest ever players. It's important that it's also acknowledged that in your roles as manager and pundit, you shaped our collective approach to the beautiful game. You reminded us and indeed showed us what to strive for when it comes to football in this country. And you constantly emphasised to us the importance of that vital ingredient of all football matches, respect and fairness. As president of Ireland, but also as a soccer fan, I thank you for so many great memories. Berbianach, August Scott, you agree. Delobraha, Michael D. Higgins, Uchtaron Heron, President of Ireland. So a nice little gift for the President for you there, John. That's brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, Nathan. Now, uh, like most people, I wouldn't expect anything like that. Uh, I know he's, he's a football fan, uh, but uh, yeah, that's a, it's a great honour and uh, I'm, I'm very, very, very happy to, to, to hear that. Well, look, I think the president summed up the, the various stages of your career there far more eloquently than I ever could, John. But we'll get our first guest on because he's somebody who was there for pretty much all those stages. He played alongside you. He played under you. He played against you. And he sat alongside you for so many years as well on the panel on our television. Liam Brady, good evening. Good evening, Nathan. And happy birthday, John. Thank you, Liam. Liam, I know uh, we were talking yesterday and you were trying to figure out when was the first time you'd played against John and when, when the first time you met John was? Did you figure it out in the end? I did with your help, yeah. I was, I, I was convinced that uh, when I played against Leeds, I was just a week shy of my 18th birthday in 19, 
1974. Uh, so it was February 1974 and we played Leeds uh, <clears throat> and I was in the Arsenal team and I was convinced that John played against me that day. But at 80 years of age, he's got a better memory than me. I, I, he wasn't playing actually, but we played against a very good Leeds team. And uh, I was hoping to impress because you know, I knew John was the manager of the player manager of the Irish team, and I hadn't played that many games for Arsenal, probably a handful. And uh, you know, I wanted to make my mark and and uh, you know get into his head so I could get into the Irish squad. Um, and he actually um, watched the game and came on the team bus, the Arsenal team bus. At the end of it, we were in the car park, and he just came on the team bus and he came and shook my hand and he said, I'll be in touch. And uh, although we got beat by a very, very, very good lead side that day, 3-1, I went home a happy man. At that stage in John's career, as you say, he has the influence as Ireland manager, but he's also at the peak of his powers. He's still involved with a Leeds team that have just won the league. What's it like? Is, is he an intimidating figure or is he very keen to impress the, uh, the young guy coming through in Irish football? I don't really understand your question, Nathan. What, what, uh, what, what, what was he like back then the first time you met him? Uh, well, the first time I met him was like for two minutes. He right. just came on, the, <laughs> came on the coach and shook my hand and he said I'd be in touch. And then I got to know him uh, in August of uh, 74. We had, uh, we had a training get together. Uh, he organized at Bisham Abbey, uh, you know, one of the innovative things he did when he was Irish manager. And uh, he picked, uh, I don't know, maybe 20, 24 players in a get together to get to know them, for them to get to know him. And uh, we had uh, a big game against Russia coming up in October. And he wanted to have some kind of preparation for that. And I got to know him then, and he was he, he, he was manager, but he was also the player. And he, he, he had a great sense of humour, and all, all the players were very comfortable uh, at Bisham Abbey that time. And uh, uh, we were preparing really for the, for the uh, first game in the, in the Euro Championships against the Soviet Union. Um, I did my training, uh, whatever. Uh, the squad was picked for for the match against the Soviet Union, and I was in. I was I was in the squad. I didn't know I was going to be playing, but I was in the squad, which was uh, a huge thrill for me and my family. Actually, if I can go back, I first saw John playing in 1964 when my brother Ray played with him, and they beat Austria in a big European match at Daly Mount Park. John was in the same team as my brother Ray, and that was 1964. So here I was 10 years later in 1974 wow. uh, in the squad and then learned uh, from John uh, that I was going to be playing, uh, I was going to start the game. And you can imagine how excited and thrilled and proud I was. And what an incredible day it was on your debut against Russia. John, you've spoken about Liam and seeing him as a young player and what a beautiful player he developed into. You obviously spotted the talent there at a very young age when you were able to throw him into such a big game as a teenager. 
But to be quite honest, the blind man could spot Liam's talents. <laughs> uh, there was no credit to me. I saw him playing in the match that I couldn't play in as, at Leeds. Uh, I think he's only 18. But when you see a player like Liam and the totality that the limit, sorry, the, the, the ability that he had, didn't need any spotting. In fact, uh, from that match, uh, we were going after that to South America in the South American tour. And I wanted to take Liam with us. And uh, Bertie Mee, who was the manager, uh, didn't tell Liam that I wanted him to take him to South America. So he didn't make the trip. The next match we played after that was against the Soviet Union. And I had no, no hesitation whatsoever in picking Liam. You know, he was just brilliant. And the first match I saw him playing, he was only 18 at least. I wasn't playing in the match. I did play him uh, in the start of the next season when Jimmy Arnfield was there. Uh, at, at Leeds and I played against him for the first time and he was a bit precocious uh, I remember on the pitch saying come on we've got a bit of we'll, we'll beat these all lot <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually they didn't but he might remember that he might want to remember do you but remember that Liam? yeah I think we were having a good spell and I said they're not all that this team <laughs> <laughs> They did, they didn't win the league that year, but they got to the European Cup fine. Did it all right. Bad were they? Giles, Remnant, Gray, uh, Lorimer, Clark, Jones. I can name them all. <laughs> but we won, we won on the day. But we were Jimmy Arfield had come to the lead. Uh, Don had left at that stage, so we went quite the Leeds team of old. Uh, but Liam was now Liam was brilliant. Liam was a natural player. Uh, what, what you would call, and it sounds a bit odd, a beautiful player. He was a beautiful player. He could get on the ball, he could control it. He was great to watch. He was effective. He could beat players. He had that left foot. You see, if you watch the game today, Nathan, and the ball's going across the pitch all the time, you never see a midfield player beating an opposing midfield player. Liam could do that. He could distribute. He was a natural player. Like the kids that were brought up in Dublin playing on the streets, I think Liam, Liam did that. So he was a natural player. When I saw him playing for the first time, I wasn't playing in the match. And people said to me, you picked Liam Brady. Like, a blind man could pick Liam Brady. It was no problem. And when he played it against Russia for the first time, I think he was only 18, 19, maybe at that time, early 19. He was just 18, brilliant. 18. 18, yeah. Yeah. You were too old for your age anyway, Liam. You were... <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you, were 30, you were You were 33, I was 18. Well, we That's had a few right. years. Yeah. Play, we had a few years playing together. Um, we did, and we went very close to qualifying for those Euro Championships. We uh, yeah. we beat Russia. We beat. We drew with Turkey away. We won against Turkey at home. We had a great start to it, but unfortunately, beat Switzerland at home. Unfortunately, on the road, we couldn't. We couldn't get that win that we needed to to win the group. Um, yeah. But I had but we're a great time. Right had a great time. I had a great yeah, time playing with <laughs> uh, uh, Nathan, I had a great time playing with John. Uh, he was a wonderful player. I used to go to Daly Mount Park as a kid for all the international matches. I first saw him play, as I said, with my brother. Yeah. I would go to all the games that uh, Ireland played at Daly Mount Park. And, you know, John played in a lot of them. And he was just head and shoulders above anybody else. Um, right foot, left foot. Always had time on the ball, had vision, you know, could spot uh, where the ball needed to go um, before anyone else. It, and then he could score goals as well. A good, good shot with, 
not a good shot, great shot with right and left foot. Just a, a, a brilliant footballer. So he was a hero of mine before I even got to meet him. Do you understand me? Yeah, it certainly sounds it. And I guess it's a testament, Liam, to your brilliance at such a young age and to John being able to stay at the highest level for so long that you got to spend so much time playing together despite that gap in age. When you were coming in at 18 and you're in the team alongside John, what was he like on the pitch? Was he a guiding voice? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, John um, was, was you know, uh, able to give you the very precise instructions uh, all through the game. Um, we played alongside one another, so we, we, we were close to one another and he would tell me to take up certain positions and things like that. And we, 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 it didn't take us long before we had a great kind of uh, combination play between us, one-twos and things like that. And he would get me free and I would get him free. Um, he, he was the conductor of the orchestra uh, and you know that's that's how I remember him both at Leeds and for Ireland he was the main man that uh, he would get the ball from the back four and he he would survey the situation and then decide what to do with it you know um and I was happy to be his his uh, his pupil hmm. if, if that's the right terminology John I do want to talk about your time together on the panel as well but just before that we actually have a, a special yeah. message from Somebody who I know you were an admirer of as a player, but also somebody who was on the panel with you one night as well. Paul McGrath. Hi, John. Uh, I'd just like to wish you a very happy 80th birthday. Um, and thank you for one of the moments we had when Bill invited me onto the programme one time and uh, I couldn't think of anything to say. And you actually uh, told me what to say about Kevin Campbell, the Everton boy who went back. He was in uh, Turkey at the time. You actually told me what to say, and then you actually turned to Bill and said, yeah, I agree totally with what Paul said, and I can, I'll always remember that. Uh, that was very good of you to help me along. Never made a career in, in television anyway, but uh, it was great seeing you on TV and as a, an Irish player growing up. Uh, you were immense. So uh, happy 80th. Take care, pal. Yeah, that's Paul McGrath there, John. Well, thanks very much, Paul. I have to say, Nathan, uh, both Liam and Paul, were heroes of mine as well. Despite, I never played with Paul. One of the things I regret, uh, but Liam was, Liam was a wonderful, just a wonderful player. And to watch Paul and, and meet him over the years, uh, a humble individual who was extraordinary in what he did uh, in football, was amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to have met and been friends uh, with both of them. Nathan, can I say something? Go on, Liam. Yeah, well, John, unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, uh, gave up the Irish team and he went off to he went off to uh, Vancouver. Mm. Uh, and um, it's just a huge regret of mine that he wasn't around when so many good players like Paul McGrath, like Kevin Moran, like uh, Chris Hewton, uh, like John Aldridge, like Ray Houghton came along. You know, I think if he had been manager then, he would have really taken us uh, a long, long way. Uh, yeah. I, I think management uh, for John was not quite what he wanted. He, it, it wasn't what fulfilled his life. There was too many things, too many aspects of management that he didn't like. 
maybe dealing with the media, maybe getting on with uh, getting on with his bosses or his selectors or, or directors or whatever you want to call them. Uh, I think he found that difficult. And um, but he was a great loss for me to management. I think John could have managed um, uh, any of the any of the top clubs in England and and done marvellous things. He was really, really... When I'm asked who was the best manager you played under, I say Giles and Trapattoni. Uh, and I'm honest about that. But there was things that John couldn't uh, couldn't um, get to like as, as when he was a manager. And uh, I understand his choices uh, completely. But I think football uh, was at a loss when John gave up management. Do you have any regrets about that, John? As Liam said, there was any amount of other factors involved with managing the Ireland team. But when you look at those players that came through and many of whom went on to be so successful in Jack's team, is there any part of you that wishes you stuck at it? Uh, I, don't, I don't have any regrets, regrets about it, Nathan, uh, I must say. But I, I often wondered, well, what could I do with the players that became uh, available to Ireland? Uh, but, uh, you know, you can only do the job that you're doing at the time that you're doing it. Uh, and, uh, like, when I look back on my time, in, when I came into management in the Irish team, because there was nobody else doing the job. I was still at Leeds. I was only 33 years of age. And the, 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 the FEI were, were, were skint uh, financially and uh, had a bad time. I think we'd only won three matches in five years uh, before that time. Would I take it over? Uh, I, I, I wasn't, there was no money involved in it at all. Uh, and I did what I did. I think I raised the standards. But by the time I, I got to a certain stage after seven years, uh, uh, I must say that the, the, the public uh, then uh, turned on me in, in certain ways. You know, I remember my good, life, my, my good lady saying, Look, you did what you wanted to do for the sake of the, 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 the supporters and what they're doing. Uh, and now uh, they're, not, they're not happy with what's, what you're doing. So I said, yeah, I agree with that, so I'm going to finish. But when I took over the job, and see, eating bread is soon forgotten, uh, uh, Nathan. We had won, we had three, won three matches in five years. Mm. And by the time mm. I finished, we'd, we'd had three or, like maybe three or four uh, attempts at qualifying. And the attitude was, well, what's Gerald's going to do? He's had three or four goals at it, and he hasn't done it yet. But we never looked like doing it. Uh, and as Liam said, and when I finished, and see the rules change, you know, the rules of, of players qualifying for Ireland changed in a big way when I finished and when, uh, when Big Jack took over, you know, like we, we it, it, it was, it was uh, likes of uh, Ray Houghton, for example, mm. uh, and lots of other players became available to the Irish team that weren't available in my time. But I, I enjoyed doing what I did with the Irish team then. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of satisfaction in it and enjoyment. And and I, I had Liam, uh, late Dan O'Leary came into the team, Frank Stapleton. There was a lot of players, good good players came into it at that particular Mark time. Mm. So, Mark Lawrence. Yeah. We, we had, you know, it was, we, we, we had come on. What I was pleased about when I finished, that I got into it, it's a lot of criticism because of the expectancy of people that we wanted to qualify. That's what I exactly because when I played in the Irish team, there was no expectancy of qualifying. The, the talk used to be we had a selection committee five, which was a joke, and the talk used to be, oh, we're playing against England, that would be a good gate. 
we'd no we we'd no ambition to qualify. Yeah. And what I, what I was pleased about that when I left it, there was an expectation to do it, which we did eventually. Liam, just before we let you go, it's she's probably nearly half a century then since you first met each other and <laughs> you were such an important part of so many people's lives, even in recent years as part of the panel together. When you talk football yourself and John, are you very much of similar mindset on, on how the game should be played and, and the rights and wrongs of football? I, I think that's pretty obvious, very, very obvious, I'd say. We agreed 90% of the time, maybe on some players and some managers, we kind of have uh, uh, different views, but 90% of the time uh, we're, we're on the same page. Um, you know, he's been my, my manager, he's been my um, my teammate, he's been my friend, he's been my advisor. Uh, you know, when I was playing and I had to make all these decisions or where I, what, what should I do? And he, he put me in touch with the right people. He, uh, he encouraged me to go to Italy. I was a bit unsure. He said, no, go, you'll be fine over there. Um, uh, so uh, he's been a, a big, big part of my life. Liam, you've been brilliant with your time. Thanks a lot for joining us this evening. Thanks All for the being. best, John. Great Thanks evening. Bye, Liam. I'll drink Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. John, you stick with us. We're going to take a very quick break and we're going to be back. And Graeme Souness is going to join us. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Fueling the mischief in the beautiful game. Gamble responsibly. See Dunleary.net. We're at the end of 4-2 up against Dundalk in the Europa League. We are celebrating John Giles' 80th birthday on this evening's show. John, you're still with us? I'm here, I'm here, Nathan, yeah. Good, good, good. You don't get, you don't get rid of me that easy. <laughs> You've obviously, John, been an inspiration to many people over the years. Liam Brady touched on it there. One I'm not sure if you knew you were an inspiration for was Chris Kamara, who wanted to send you this message. <laughs> wow, Johnny Giles, 80 years of age. What a lovely man, I have to say. But not only that, one of the best footballers I ever saw. Absolutely magnificent. Right, people say never meet your heroes. Rubbish, absolute rubbish. Because I met Johnny Giles and he was everything that I expected him to be. When I was a kid, I was a Middlesbrough fan and Eric McMordy, Northern Irish, was my hero. And then I saw Johnny Giles playing for Leeds. Absolutely superb, different gravy whatsoever. I got the opportunity when I started at Portsmouth to play against Johnny Giles. Uh, unfortunately, I played up front with George Graham for Portsmouth against West Bromwich Albion. John Wilde and Ali Robertson were the two centre-halves, but this fella in midfield, who I adored completely, ran the midfield. Player manager he was of West Bromwich Albion. What a man, what a hero, what a player. And it should have been Johnny Giles and Billy Bremner managing Leeds forever and a day. Nobody knows which way it would have went, manager or assistant manager, but it wouldn't have mattered. They would have been fantastic. Johnny Giles, happy birthday from Cammy. Yeah, great stuff from Cammy there. Who would have been manager, assistant manager, John, between you and Billy Bremner? Well, at the time, I was—I think I was two years. Well, I was still two years older than Billy, and Don recommended me mm. for the job, and the board turned it down. Yeah, at that time. Brian Clough yeah. and the rest is history, eh? Yes, yes. 
Yeah, not good history, unfortunately. <laughs> no, yeah. certainly not. 44 days. Uh, yeah. Here, we have another guest on the line. He's a man who, again, you ended up in a TV studio with, but a player who you had plenty of battles with through the years. And I know a player you had huge admiration for as well on the pitch. Graeme Souness is with us. Good evening, Graeme. Good evening. Hi, John. Hi, Graeme. How are you doing? Happy birthday, you know, bugger. Is it 80 tomorrow? Yeah, big, big, a big age, old Graeme. Comes around quickly. How did you manage to get this far working with Dunphy? Mm, it's hard to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew him for a long time, Graham. You know, we, I knew him. He came to Manchester United when I was there when he was 15. So no long, mm. long over a long period of years. And I'd have to say, if it wasn't for Eamon, uh, he insisted that I get on the panel in, in RTE, Graham, at that particular time. They weren't very keen on having me. And uh, he insisted, or, or, or certainly did his best to get me on it. Which was well, I, I have a lot to thank you for in that respect as well, because when I, if you remember, I think it was, was it France, was it World Cup? We actually spent a car journey. I can't think where it was. I think you had been, you had gone over there and decided to come back. It may have been from, from the airport into town. And you said to me, I'd recently got sacked at Newcastle, and you won't remember this, but you said, if you spend a year to 18 months out of management, you'll think to yourself, why did I ever do that job? Because it drove me crazy. And that's exactly how it panned out for me. You know, I was a year out of it, and I'm thinking, I had several chances to go back. But those those um, words you, you said to me that day in the car resonated with me. It, it was forever in my head afterwards. And I'm so glad I listened to that advice. And I have to say as well, you know, I've, I've been doing it for, I think you're, you were close to 30 years, so if not 30 years. Um, I think I'm about 15 years, 16 years, and I learned so much with working with a pair of you. You're a pair of rascals, you're a double team. I certainly, I certainly had to um, be on my toes when I was working with you two. There was no prisoners taken in those days we were at RTE. What was it, Graham? What was it you learned from the two lads when you went on the panel on RTE? Well, well I think just sharp, just looking at the game differently. You know, you come into it thinking you've been a player, you've been a manager, but this will be easy. But I think you start to, um, you're looking at it in a different way. You know, you're, I think my approach to it now is, and I think it was John's as well. You're trying to look at look for something in the game that the man and the, the man watching at home is not seeing, and try and sort of maybe explain that to them or point it out to them. And and sometimes, certainly in in um, Johnny's sidekicks case, throw a few hand grenades in, um, where you know you'd say something, and John and I would look at each other. Did he really just say that? Did he really mean that? Or are you just looking to get us to? To join in the conversation, so I think I think from the two of them, I learned so much in those early days, and I've got a lot to be thankful for. We just had Liam Brady. I think what, on. Happened, go on, I think go what on. happened then, sorry, I think what happened then, Nathan, when Graham I think came to us in RTE, I think he found a freedom, a, a bigger freedom to say what he wanted to say than he had done in on on, on Sky or whatever it was. Wouldn't that be fair, uh, uh, Graham? Yeah, 100% you know, you had correct. License to say, really, really, really say what you mean on it, because Eamon was doing it, I'm doing it. And of course, Graham was, Graham was great. I mean, Graham is by far and away the best pundit I can see on on Sky in a big way. Thanks, John. In a big way. Uh, and uh, well, he was a great player. But, start with, which but I think, good, I think... Be a big help. But John, that being that's what I think I have a lot to thank the pair of you for because, you know, that that was my education, if you like. I was coming from which was a, a, a sort of quite a conservative approach from Sky at the time, and then working with you guys, it made me realise, no, that is not the way to go. It's all about you know, 
I think I was always been fairly straightforward, but I think I went to another level of working with you guys when I saw the way you operated, where you just called it. You know, where at Sky you had to be a little bit more um, protective in what you said. I think it's changed at Sky somewhat now. I think people are mm-hmm. are encouraged to be a little bit more, can you use, use the word truthful or say it as it is. But I am. Um, yeah. I have a lot to thank you, the two of you for. Graham, I'd say but, there's not a Thursday night that maybe your ears aren't burning when John is on with us because anytime we're talking about midfielders in the Premier League and we're talking about great midfielders and what they should be, you're the player he name checks again and again and oh. again. You had some you had some battles down the years as well though. You played against each other yeah. right from it, it didn't start so well, did it? In the first was it the first meeting in Ayrton no, Park? No, 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 no. He, he's, he's sorted me out every time I played against him. I was I was thinking about I was only thinking about half an hour ago. You know, I I, I do you know Q and A sometimes, and I say you know there's only two players that I never managed to lay a finger on because they were so cute and clever. And I, I didn't why I've, and that was Alan Ball and Zico, and why I've never included Johnny in that because that's a hundred percent the case. I never got within a yard of him. He had a radar that was beyond the, the you know the very best players. He knew where the danger was. Um, you know, me as a young player going around lunging at people. I never, I never got near John, and all the times we played against each other. I can remember at Ayrson Park. If you were coming out the tunnel at Ayrson Park, um, we were kicking to the right hand goal, which was at Holgate End. Holgate. There was Middlesbrough home supporters anyway, and I went out to get a short corner kick, and I can remember looking to play it first time. As I flipped, as I was playing it with my left foot back into the box. He was standing on my shoulder and said, "Hey, have some of that," and he um, did me properly. So I, I have to say, it was all a learning experience. It was great for me. You don't enjoy it at that particular time <laughs> when you've had a dull one, but you think I learned so much, and I learned. I think I learned. I think if I look back in my career, I'm not saying it because it's his 80th birthday. I'm not saying it because I'm on radio, but I think more than anybody else, I think I learned. From playing against them, that you know there was people out there that yeah, yeah, you had to look after yourself and be very, very careful that you didn't extend yourself and follow through when you were kicking the ball. I think Johnny, I have a lot in my career to thank Johnny Giles for in that respect. Where I had to be aware, you know, you're playing in midfield, you know, you everything's it's, it's a minefield in there at times in those days, muddy pitch, you know, aggressive types in there, and I, and I learned so much from that. I I couldn't be stretching for stuff I couldn't be following through when I kicked the ball because there was maybe a Johnny Giles waiting around the corner but there wasn't too many Johnny Giles in world football then in those days in terms of your style of play because the way John talks about you as a player that all-around midfielder that you could be a tough tackling aggressive midfielder Graham but you could also do the other stuff you could also pick yeah. out the right pass. You could also turn a player. You could drive forward. That sometimes midfielders are pigeonholed now, particularly you're a holding midfielder, you're a creative oh. midfielder. Back then, it seemed I the two Johnny, of you were a bit of both. Johnny and I see the game the same way. You know, I've just highlighted and, and sort of the, the side that if you're a proper player, people came looking for you. So I've highlighted that John could look after himself. But I've not mentioned how good a player he was. You know, what a cute and clever player he was. He had every single club in his bag when it came to passing. He, underst- he understood when he would pop it off first time, take an extra touch, whatever. You would think of, you know, Billy Bremner and him where Billy was a fizzer. You know, he was he was, he was in amongst all the time where Johnny was just, he was pulling the strings more than maybe Billy. Um, just a very cute, very clever, very talented footballer. 
with a magnificent football brain to see where the game was going and, and make decisions in the game which would influence in a big way. And I thank him for the kind words he said about me, but we're here to talk about him. Oh, probably 80 years old. I hope, I hope I get to 80. Here's open, Graham. John, I, I'm just thinking, I, I know he was only a young lad at the time in that game in Ayrson Park. I still wouldn't have been making an early enemy of Graham Souness. <laughs> no, well, well, uh, well, yeah, well, there was a little, little bit more to the story, a little bit more to the story, because we played at Leeds uh, earlier on in the season, and uh, Graham was the type of, Graham was a very aggressive player, which is was, which was a plus, I don't say it as a minus, but I did find playing against him, that when I had the ball, Graham would be getting it close to me, down the backs of my legs, down the back, he wouldn't remember that. He, he wouldn't want to remember it. Uh, and uh, my, my attitude in those days was, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to do anything. I'll wait till the right time. And the right time actually was Ayrson Park the next, next year. But I'm not bragging about it, but it was, it was an opportunity, which I saw, I did say Graham in his career on, on that, waiting for the right, right opportunity. And that was it. And I was, I was a lot older than Graham. I was getting near the end of my career at the time when Graham was starting. Graham was a fast learner, and uh, I know that uh, he, he did learn from that. Because I remember him saying to me, you, you dirty little Irish bastard. <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So that, that was it. But, uh, yeah. but, but that, 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 that's, I'm talking in, about in that in relation to what Graham did. Graham was a great player. I mean, that was, there were little incidents between ourselves. But I did great respect for Graham. He was a great player. What he did at Liverpool, he was the first player at Liverpool, in my opinion. That was the real general in the team. And I played against the Liverpool teams before him, uh, before Graham came along. They never had a midfield like that. They were terrific teams. Uh, and I, I have the names here. Rodin St. John uh, and, and Emlyn Hughes played in midfield. Willie Stevenson. These were good players. But none of them were a Graham's finesse. And Graham made a huge Thanks, difference. John. Along with Kenny Dalglish. At that particular time, along with it, but Graham, Graham was the first great midfield player, in my opinion, that Liverpool had, despite the successes they had before. Graham, it's been brilliant to have you, you with John. us. We're out of no, time for the moment, but uh, thanks a million for taking the call. No, it's been my pleasure, John. I hope we catch up soon, pal. Yeah. Enjoy your day tomorrow. Look, Graham, best look after yourself. Best and you, you, and you, Graham. Thank you. Bye, guys. Great stuff from Graham Soonis there, as always. Uh, John, we're going to take a very quick break. Again, get that Bacardi and Coke topped up. We're getting a lot of messages in as well. We'll run through those in just a moment. We've got some more special guests coming in the next hour. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Fueling the mischief in the beautiful game. Gamble responsibly. See Dunleary.net. You're welcome back. It's Thursday's Off The Ball. Nathan with you. A very special Off The Ball because we are celebrating the 80th birthday of our good friend John Giles. John is still with us. You there, John? Yes, I'm still here, Nathan. 18 years. Sober. 18 years of Thursday nights on Off The Ball. Yeah. It's a, it's a remarkable. You're getting, you're getting used to me, Nathan. <laughs> We're getting used to you now, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's such a terrible shame we, uh, we don't have you over in studio at the moment because I know it's a real highlight for everybody who works on the show, particularly when people start. You'd come in at about half six on a Thursday evening, you'd sit out in reception and you'd have a chat with everybody and you'd talk a little bit of football and everybody coming away feeling good about themselves after that. So hopefully we'll see you back in studio sometime soon as well. Hope so, hope so, Nathan, yeah. We have yeah. a text in here uh, from Sally O'Herlihy. Uh, Bill's daughter has just sent a text in, John, to wish you a very oh, yeah. happy birthday from all the O'Hurley family. Dad absolutely loved working with you, and that's uh, in from Sally O'Hurley, Bill's yeah. daughter. 
But we loved working with him as well, Nathan. It was great. Yeah, great. He, was, he was a great He man. made the program, actually. He, he knitted everything together, I feel, in, yeah. in, a, in a very, very professional way, as we know. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. He was an absolute master at what he did. So a lovely message there from Sally O'Hurley, Bill's daughter. Uh, we have another message in from you. I'm sure you will recognise this man who's wishing you a happy birthday. Hi, John. Just to say happy 80th birthday for you. What you've achieved in your career has been absolutely immense. You've had as a player, as a coach, as a manager for all the various clubs, and particularly for Ireland, you've, you've been outstanding, really outstanding career. I think as an analyst, uh, you've captured the imagination of generations of people. And, uh, you know, I think you've influenced people from different generations. And I think that you're, you're you know, highly regarded and revered, really. And I want to say, uh, really enjoy your birthday and uh, have a great time. Uh, thanks very much, Stephen. Thank you very much. And, and, and all the best, really, all the best for the future, Stephen. You can't be criticising them now over the next few weeks, no matter what happens, John. <laughs> <laughs> That's never come into it. That has never come into it. No, no. No, he's a good lad, Stephen. He's, he's a smashing lad. He deserves the break uh, to become the, the manager of the Irish team. And I really wish him all the best. Yeah, we have another special guest, John, a bit of a surprise for you. Uh, we just had a Liverpool legend on a moment ago, and I'm delighted yeah. that we're joined by another of Liverpool's greatest ever players. Not just that, he's a two-time European Footballer of the Year. Kevin Keegan is with us. Good evening, Kevin. Good evening. Uh, happy birthday, Jarzy. Thanks, thanks very much, Kevin. How are you doing? How's your job? Eight is, eight is the new 30, so don't worry. Okay, I won't. I won't. <laughs> you keep them well, Kevin. You're looking good anyway. Very well. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, like everybody else, stuck in the house a bit, doing jobs. Yes. I don't, the garden looks great. <laughs> uh, you know, all, all the house has been painted. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but a uh, big day for you, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming, it's coming over. The time goes by uh, quickly, Kevin. You're, you're okay, though. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We just had Graeme Souness on a few minutes ago, Kevin, talking about some of the, the scraps and scrapes and the really tough tests that you would face when you went up against Leeds United in the midfield of John Giles and Billy Bremner. You did your fair share of scrapes through the years as well. Yeah, it was, you know, as they say in those days, it was a man's game. So uh, Liverpool-Leeds was a, was a battle in more ways than one, but always great, great games to play in. I mean, you know, Leeds got this label, Dirty Leeds, but make no mistake about it, Leeds United, the Don Revy side that uh, that Jalzy played in with Billy Bremner and Norman Hunter and all these great players, they were a fantastic side. They were, they could play. They could hurt you as well. They would, they could stand up um, to, to to any challenge. You know, in terms of, you know, if there was tackles going in, but they could play as well. And um, you know, that you only have to look at what they won. And what they nearly won as well. You know, mm. for every time they didn't win something, they, they were runners-up, I think, four or five times. It must have been a, a real test for a player like you, Kevin, as well, who was so technically brilliant at that stage. There were so many tough teams. You had to be ready for the fight as well. You had to be physically tough. It was all be very well been skin, skillful, but it didn't matter for much if you didn't have the other side. No, you had to have both. That's why, you know, Leeds was such a great fight. I think, uh, obviously... Billy Bremner, as, 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 as Johnny knows, was was an unbelievably gifted player. I mean, people, you know, yeah, we we had our we had our sort of altercations at times, and and you know, our little punch ups. But at the end of the day, the respect, 
that you that we had for for each other was was immense, you know. And of course, later on in life, I got to know Don Revy very well, who was who's the manager. But you know, Johnny was not just a great player; he, he was actually doing playing well and managing the sides as well. I think at West Brom and Republic of Ireland, you know. So I don't know how he did that, mate. Uh, I'd have got managing later on, and it's tough enough just picking a team and getting them out there. <laughs> John, uh, um, Kevin mentioned yeah, sorry, the, the, punch, the punch-ups and the and the, the scraps and scrapes and all that. Like, it's funny how now you can look back in the 70s and you go, it's a little punch-up. If that happened in this day and age, there'd be a public inquiry into it and it'd be the most outrageous thing football has ever seen. Yeah, well, I mean, if, it, if you took the rules today and applied them to the Leeds-Liverpool games, we'd, we'd have finished, well, Johnny wouldn't have been on the pitch. Billy wouldn't have been on the pitch. Um... <laughs> Uh, Norman Norman Unser wouldn't. I, I don't think Alan Clark would. Uh, Tommy Smith certainly would have probably got sent off in the kicking. You know, it, it was a different time, a different era. And you know, if someone like Johnny tackled you, or or, or Billy, or Norman, who I, I came up a lot against Norman Unser, if he really hurt you, the first thing you really wanted to do was not to show that he'd hurt you. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was don't no diving, Kevin. Yeah, you don't show it, even if, you know, uh, you could see your ankle hanging off there, you know, from a tackle. You think, just walk away, you know, just make them think it, does, it, 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 it didn't even hurt, you know. And then sort of cry after the game when you feel the pain going back in the car, you know, to your home. What, what, I think, what, I think what, the, idea, the idea, Nathan, in those days, as, as Kevin said, that if somebody caught you, like Tommy Smith was, it was a hard nut, caught, caught Billy, I would say caught me, you didn't want to show it. You know, if you wanted to get up and say, well, you didn't really get me there. Whereas nowadays, some of the lads are staying down looking to get uh, Tommy Smith sent off. And then, and as Kevin says there, Kevin got his fair share uh, from the Leeds team uh, with Norman and, 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 and a few of the lads. But, but I have you to say... You here, don't, yourself included. Hmm? <laughs> I was, yourself included. Okay. I'll, I'll include myself, Kevin, in that. <laughs> I, I took a left uh, but, up. But I have to say this about Kevin. We, 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 we had our do at, at Wembley, as you saw. But I'd have, I'd have the, the highest respect for Kevin. In my opinion, Kevin Kevin Keegan transfer, transformed Liverpool when he came. Was it from Shrewsbury, Kevin? Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe. Oh, sorry, Scunthorpe, right? Liverpool went from 66 to 73 without winning a trophy. And Kevin Keegan was responsible for the transformation of Liverpool at that particular period. And, and and I'd have I have I always I mean I had a clash with him and, and at Wembley as we know but I have the highest respect for for Kevin Keegan and Kevin Keegan on on an off field matter was the first player to insist that he would leave a club while he was under contract because when you signed professional forms in my day you were tied to the club for life and Kevin Keegan broke that particular rule when he told Liverpool I believe Kevin that in 12 months' time, I'm going to leave here. And he did. Mm. People forget well, I, about this. this. This was a huge, this was a huge thing. This was before freedom of contract or anything else. What he did for Liverpool, there's no, there's no doubt, Liverpool had gone a few seasons without winning a trophy. And Kevin Keegan transformed Liverpool. I've no doubt about that. And people think I mightn't like Kevin because we had a little bit of a clash at Wembley. A uh, little bit, a little bit of a clash. It just uh, a little bit. It was, it was only a, <laughs> you'd call a skirm, a minor skirmish. 
what, what did you do to him, Kevin? Because we don't understand, because John Giles is the gentleman. John Giles wouldn't react like that. What did you do? Yeah, the Johnny Giles that you know was a gentleman, but the Johnny Giles <laughs> that played for Leeds was like his twin brother. When he went, to, went on a football pitch, it was another Johnny Giles. He was lovely off the pitch. So was Billy. Norman Hunter was charming. You know, wonderful player, too. But, you know, um, Johnny's right there. In, in Going back to those days, the club had all the power. They give you a contract, and, you know, we used to queue up at the end of the season to get new contracts, and, and if, if you were on £50 a week and uh, you wanted 70 or 60 and the manager said, look, no, you, you couldn't sort of say, well, I'm going. You know, they just said, well, stay on your old contract and uh, we'll sort it out next year. You know, the, the, the clubs well, you had a lot of power. You couldn't play for anybody else, Kevin. No, no, you couldn't. If, it was you, one did, way if you street. didn't agree terms, they say, uh, I'm not going, and you could say, well, I'm not playing for you. That's okay. You can't play for anybody else. But, Ke but Kevin did, I you don't know how you did it, but, but, but you did it. You did it at the time, which was great. And, 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 and as you had, I said you before, had nowhere, to, you hmm? had nowhere to go in those days. Coming back to the Wembley thing, I, I, I seem to remember you punching me. And I, I think it was Bob, yes, Bob yes, Matthewson was I, I, the referee. No, you, you were right. I did punch it. But can you remember mm. what happened before that? Can you remember the... I can't remember what happened after you punched me. I can't remember too much. <laughs> but I, no, I but let's remember. go back on it. It didn't, it didn't happen by accident. You, you had a terrible tackle on Norman Hunter. You had a terrible tackle on Billy Bremner. The ball broke loose and you're all over me. And I let you go past and I did punch. I should have gone on off. No doubt. I'm not trying to make excuses. Uh, who's the referee, Kevin? Bob Matthewson. Yes. Well, I always got he, on well with him. And when you were on the he, ground, he, <laughs> I'm apologising to Matt and say, sorry about that, I didn't mean it. And he let me off. There's no doubt I should have gone off. When hmm? you hit me, he said, he's so friendly with you, he said to, you, to me, don't, let him, don't do that to him again. And you hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob Matthewson. Kevin, can I just say, in, in, the, in the, the controversy overall, when you were sent off, along with Billy, you took your jersey off and threw it on the ground, and so did Billy, right? You remember that, don't you? Yeah, I remember that. It was a lovely well, day. To, no, all I'm saying is that had nothing to do with me, because any time, <laughs> but any time I played at Liverpool afterwards, I got unbelievable stick for those, that particular incident with you, quite rightly as well, I must say. Yeah, I think you were very friendly with Bob Matthewson as well, weren't you? I think he, was, he, he, he called you Johnny and called me Keeg, and I thought I was in trouble. Jeez, that's, that's a tough were... old day at the office, Kevin. Firstly, you get decked by John Giles, you survive that, you're both still on the pitch, and then Billy Bremner goes after you. Yeah, well, you know, Johnny used to go in first, and I think the one they, they all sort of learned to look after themselves from, and, I, and Johnny will back me up on this, I think, is... Bobby Collins, you know, Bobby Collins was yeah. about five, five foot four, yeah, but he yeah. was as tough as nails, wasn't he? Yeah, what a great player! Kevin. Yeah, yeah, what a great was. player. Oh, he, he was tough. He was tough as nails, but he was a great player. He was a great yeah. player. And 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 the particular incident at, at, at Wembley, which was, I was in the wrong. I think Billy was in the wrong. You were in the wrong. Was it? I don't think it ever ever. Uh, it, it, involved or stopped my admiration for Kevin. But I don't know if it's a look at the... Or Kevin's look admiration the for Billy, Billy himself. I hope. 
Anyway, I don't, something that I don't happened. know if it's the look of the Irish yet there, but you said you were out of order, Billy was out of order, <laughs> and I was out of order. But yeah. Billy got uh, 10 weeks suspension, I got 10 weeks suspension, and you were still playing every week. I could never work that yeah. one out. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't sent off. Actually, what happened, I think, Kevin, the reason you got the, the, the big suspension that you did, and Billy did, you took you off your jersey first and threw it on the ground when you were walking down the touchline. And Billy, Billy copied you. Billy mm. copied you. you know, that, that, that's the main thing, I think, at that particular time, that there was such a long suspension. It was taking the jersey off. It wasn't the kicking. Ultimately, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't the kicking. If you keep on about it, the FA will ring up and suspend me for another eight weeks. In fairness, Kevin, you, you were in great shape, so I don't blame you for taking, taking the jersey off you know, at that stage of your career. I, I, don't, I don't know but, why but, I did it. Someone said to me, why did you do that? I, I don't know. But, but uh, Nathan, that was one incident that happened which wasn't good. I, let's get back to the real fact. Billy Bremner was a great player. Yeah. Kevin Keegan was a great player, a great player in my opinion, and transformed Liverpool. The fact that I that wish I'd have had you as my agent, uh, Giles. If you'd have been my agent, I, was, I would have been more on forty pounds a week at Liverpool. You'd have got me a lot more money. The way you're talking about me. Yeah, but that's why you went to Germany. <laughs> yeah. You went. You went on forty quid a week in Germany, were you? No. <laughs> He's not just saying that because you're on the line either, Kevin. Over the last few months, John has been picking his all-time greatest teams from players he's played against, and he had you in his all-time Liverpool team and his all-time England team. John, Kevin is a player you have huge admiration for and, and the skill Kevin he brought Keegan, to that Liverpool team. Nathan, Kevin Keegan was a great player. A great player. Right? Don't forget, I also, today. Uh, I also and, made and, some and, records and, as well, so I'm going to sing happy birthday to you. Go on, go on, Kevin, go for it. Well, I've no problem oh, with that. Maybe, maybe I, I, not a good I don't idea. Think I think you're I'll... as pretty singer as you were a footballer, were you, Kevin? No, no definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spare you. I'll spare you that. But have, have a great day, mate. Obviously, wonderful to hear you, and uh, just great days, great memories. What a team Leeds were, and um, enjoy and have, have a have a good night with your family. I appreciate that, Kevin, and, and the same with you. And all the best for the future. God bless. Well done. Thank you. Kevin Keegan there. Great stuff, Kevin. Thanks a lot for joining us on Off the Ball this evening. Uh, brilliant stuff, John. I, I think he came to some sort of an agreement that, you know, you, you weren't too much at fault. Even though you did land the punch, you know, yeah. you were provoked. There were some things that happened at the time, Nathan. You know, it was no, mm. no big deal. I mean, it was, well, it was a big deal, really. But as far as I'm, I, I never resented or, or, or felt any bad feelings towards Kevin Keegan. It was what happened on the day, happened on the day. And he says, you know, Bremner was a great player and Leeds were a great team. And it was mutual respect. And I never realised how, time. especially when that's a Liverpool team who've just won the cup final when it really mattered, Leeds are the champions. And I never realised yes. how historic an occasion it was in that it's Bob Paisley's first game in charge of Liverpool, but he asks Bill Shankly to walk Liverpool out. Yes. And also in charge of Leeds is Brian Clough. Yes, yeah, Don, they're both, they're both two great managers, Shankly, yeah, Bill Shankly and Don Revy, retired at the same time. Mm. That was the amazing thing. And, and what happened, actually, Liverpool, in my opinion, were, were, were cle not clever, but they were right. They appointed from within with Bob Paisley. The Leeds director made a total mess of it and appointed from without, mm. which was Brian Clough. Yeah, and it was a, it was a bad move. So that's uh, that. That was the 
that was the his Bob Paisley went on to be very successful with Leeds, and Leeds from then on went down, down, down. Yeah, uh, a bit of a sliding doors moment uh, in the history of Leeds United. John, we're going to take another quick break. We've got some more special guests coming up in just a moment. Football on Off The Ball with Paddy Power. Fueling the mischief in the beautiful game. Gamble responsibly. See Dunleary.net. You're welcome back. We're celebrating John Giles' 80th birthday. John is with us. We have more guests coming up in a moment. But John, we have a huge amount of text messages coming in. Uh, wishing you well and wishing you a happy birthday. We've one in from the Irish Supporters Club London branch who said you were a wonderful guest at a tribute night uh, that they put on a few years back. So they're wishing you all the best and a happy birthday. Thank you. We also have a few texts in. Uh, happy birthday, John, and more of them. In 1974, four of us skipped school in the afternoon to go see Ireland in Dalier to beat a world power USSR in sporting terms so convincingly in a packed stadium. Still with me today. The skill, the atmosphere, tension, absolutely brilliant. And Don Givens' goals. Terry Mancini holding court at centre half. Giles Brady in midfield. He gave us something to cheer about in those dreary 70s days. That's from Albert in Temple Oak. Nathan. Nathan, can I just ask you a question there? Yeah. Were they behind the goal at the shed? <laughs> I'm not sure. Is Half of Ireland was behind that goal, were they? Yeah, well, I've met 30,000 people that were behind the goal that day. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was without question the standout day, I think, of uh, Irish football. Probably until Euro 88. Until what, certainly? Probably until Euro 88, it was the standout moment. We have a few more texts in for you. Um, yeah. Some oh, sorry, of, sorry, Nathan. Some, yeah, of my yeah, fondest, of course, yeah. some of my fondest memories with my father were us and my brothers watching the Ireland matches together and listening so attentively to John Giles, Bill, Eamon and Liam. They became such an important part of our lives and sparked so many conversations. When John spoke, there was silence in the room as though we were listening to the professor speak. That's what John is to me, the professor of football, which is a beautiful text sent in. Lovely. I've a, I've a similar text from my dad wanting to wish you a, a happy birthday because I grew up in the exact same sort of household where the match was entertaining, but we were you could you could talk, you could chat, you could discuss things, but the second John Giles came on at half time, everybody had to be silent because the decision was made then on how things were actually going for Ireland. And we've a huge amount of people texting in, younger listeners I think as well who very much remember you and were guided in their thoughts on football by you on the television. Aon O'Reardon, who's a TD in North Dublin, says one of my yes. proudest days in politics was unveiling a plaque to John in his home place yes. of Ormond Square. Happy birthday to the greatest. That comes in from Aon. Yeah, thank you, Aon. And as a lifelong Leeds fan, I've watched so many of Johnny's greatest matches. Now my 12-year-old is on YouTube searching out old footage of Leeds games. He believes John Giles is the greatest player ever, and I totally agree. Happy birthday. So even the youngsters, John, are getting in on it. Yeah. Well, funny enough, Nathan, when I was doing the television, you know, when I used to meet young people, young kids, you say, did you ever play football? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the only time the song was on television. Was, uh, I, I used to say, yeah, 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 of course I did. A little yeah. bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now they're all on YouTube. But unfortunately, you only get about three videos before the Kevin Keegan punches the next one down. Okay. <laughs> have you seen it before, Nathan? I have. I have. I watched it back. I watched it back yesterday. That's why I hadn't actually realised, as I said, the important that Clough, yeah, so that Clough and Pale. Like people used to write to me and tell me to take up boxing. <laughs> you caught him. Time. You caught him pretty sweetly. <laughs> and your relationship with the referee, I think, even though we are what forty something years on, may we may still need yeah. to investigate it. I think so. I think so. Yeah. We have another message uh, in from a, a, an old friend of yours, Dr. Alan Byrne, who's the Irish team doctor, wanted to oh, say Oh, Doc. Yeah. 
Good evening, John. Um, just want to wish you a very happy 80th birthday. Uh, I must say it doesn't seem that long ago that you were showing myself and my younger brother David down in Wexford how to take up good positions to receive the ball on the football pitch. Um, some things never change, do they? Uh, I value our friendship so much and I'm so happy that it has become a strong bond over the years. You have been, without question, uh, the greatest influence on my uh, life. Your wisdom is unbounding. Uh, your humility is unbelievable. And your ability on the football pitch and off the football pitch uh, is legendary. Um, I really look forward to seeing you soon where we can have a sing-song and uh, talk about football as we always do. So have a great evening, John. Look forward to seeing you soon. Take care. Thanks, Alan. I must say, Nathan, I think if it hadn't been for Alan, I wouldn't have reached Daisy, to be quite honest. <laughs> He's looked after you well through the years. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. One of the greats. Yeah, that's Alan Byrne there. Alan's the uh, team doctor with the senior men's team. So obviously they're going to be heading off with Stephen Kenyon. They've got a busy couple of weeks ahead. We have another guest on the line. He is, some say, West Brom's greatest ever player. He is West Brom's all-time leading scorer. Tony Brown is on the line. Good evening, Tony. Good evening, Nathan. Great to talk to you. John is there as well. Hello, John. Hi, how are you, Tony? How are you, Tony? I'm fine, thank you. Good, are you? good, Tony. I'm great, I'm great. So far, Tony, so good with this, uh, all this stuff going on. Tony, I'm good. And you, you're good. Good, good. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Brown, to, Tony Brown is the only person that had a statue erected for him in, at West Brom. Wow. Quite rightly, quite rightly. Tony Brown is one of the great stars and servants of West Brom and Jelgian. Played, I don't know how many matches Tony played. I know he played... Scored about 205 places. Anyway, he was great. And when I went to West Brom, I played against Tony, funny enough, quite a few times, quite a few times over the years. Uh, and uh, I wasn't very proud of it, but I did call him a lazy so-and-so one time when I was playing against him. And I, do you remember that, Tony, do you, when I went to West Brom? Yeah, I do, John, yes, yes. <laughs> you've, just, you've just reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> Tony was one of the greats, Nathan. He was, he was, when I went to West Brom first, I didn't start off very well. Tony didn't start off very well. And I didn't realise what was going on. But there was a lot had gone on from the previous manager that the players didn't like, and Tony in particular. And uh, I, I didn't understand it. Uh, but I found out very, very quickly that once Tony got going, uh, and, and, and I think the training changed and various things changed, uh, and Tony Tony Brown became he had been a great player for West Brom, but he came for me as manager of West Brom, a great player and a great lad. He was one of those he, as a manager, does his training, does his playing, no fuss, no bother, and uh, one of the best, one of the best. Tony, you've seen all sides of John Giles. You played against him, and you played yeah. alongside him and under him. Playing against him, how good was he? Absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, you, you knew you were in for a game. You knew, the, the, you know, the rest of our team, we knew what a great player he was. We tried to stop him. We tried to plan to stop him, but you couldn't, you know. And, and when he came to West Brom and, you know, I played with him, the other lads played with him, they just, they just found out what a great player he was, Nathan. And uh, 
I always, I've all, I always say, in you know, when I go to to functions and 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 have little talks with supporters, and I, they'll say, "Who's the best player you've ever played with?" And I say, "Johnny Giles, without a doubt, absolutely fantastic." And what he did for West Brom, Nathan, when he first came, I can't explain because the West Brom was down and out as a club when John took over, and he transformed it so quickly. And that first season he came as player-manager, we got promotion back to the big time, and it was all down to John. He was a player-manager as well, which which made it better for us players to play with such a world-class player. And uh, as I say, I played with some good players at West Brom, but John stands out for me. And his knowledge of the game and how he transformed it and made the whole team enjoy playing their football it was just a delight to play under him John it's come up a few times tonight the player manager role at West Brom it does sound a little bit insane that at the same time you were player manager with the Republic of Ireland and player manager with West Brom for a couple of years how do you any time to do anything funny enough in the game Nathan they used to say you know from manager's point of view once the players step over the white line, you've no control over them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, when I was playing with, with Tony and the rest of the lads, I was playing with them. So I could, I could have some control over it. And it dep- I think it depends on your temperament of uh, whether you can do it or not. But my take on it was that what, what I was doing at West Brom was actually wasn't anything different to what I was doing at Leeds. That was, that was the, the, because that's the way I played luckily enough in, in that respect so actually and it was a it was a, it was a plus being the player manager because as you said before the, the, the used to say once they step over the light the white line you've no control over mm. it well i was stepping over the white line with the lads so i did have some control over it so that's the way it worked i think if you have the temperament to do it and i felt that i'd have the temperament to do it when i went to west brom and when i when i went there first obviously i played against these lads I played against Tony for probably about 10 years. We called him a lazy so-and-so one time and, and, and I'd had rows with a few of the other lads. But once we're in together, we got, I got off to a bad start at West Brom, a, a slow start at West Brom. We didn't play very well early on. I think Tony wasn't in the team. And I, I think it was, it was from uh, the, the manager before. I think they, 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 there was a lot of... Uh, anyway, they didn't get on with the manager before. And I didn't know that. And I, start, I got a very, very slow start. And I think we played at Bristol. Tony might remember he scored that day. We won two 0 Bristol had had been had been uh, had, had beaten somebody five 0 and they were favourites to go up, and we beat them and beat them well. And I remember coming in at half time. We were no score. Saying to the lads, "This is ridiculous." I could feel it. I could feel it, Nathan. That there was an inferiority complex there. Right. And right. we should have been ahead. And I said, "Look, we should have been ahead. Let's go." And we, and we went down and win the match. And from then on, and actually Tony scored that day again. Uh, we went on and on and on and on from there, but that was the start of it. And and Tony himself then became well. Tony was 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 a model for any manager. Come in, no problem, do his stuff, score goals. And Tony got his confidence back. I think Tony's confidence was low, as a lot of the players were. Tony got his confidence back and became the great player that he was at that particular time. So, so Tony, if, Tony, if you were this model pro, why was why was John calling you a lazy so and so? I don't. I think he was trying to wind me That's up. That's what I played against him. <laughs> <laughs> Could I just say he blocked his copybook once? You know, 
Nathan, we played, he'd just come and he was player manager, and we played, <laughs> we played at Luton away, and they had a lad called Fucher playing for them. And before, in the team talk, John used to mention a few players, he said, they've got this lad, Fucher, just don't, don't bother with him, leave him to me. And I don't know how long it was in the game, not long, any road, and I think John did a bit of a, uh, a silly tackle, really. He just mistimed it, and uh, he caught Future just under the chin. Let me say that. That that was the tackle he put on, and he got sent off immediately. Do you remember it, John? Yes, I remember it well, Tony. What, what yeah, actually he got sent in? off. He got, he got sent off, then. and uh, <laughs> he came in the dress. We all came in at half-time, and he, he was already changed into his, his normal gear, and he said, sit down, lads. He said, I must just say that today I've let myself down he said I've let the supporters down I've let your club down I've let you down but it will never ever happen again but I think there's something been going on previously with this future I don't know John will tell you but uh, after that he was immaculate uh, as a manager and a professional and he made us all into better players Nathan that is a sign of a good manager when they, when they make the players better players than when, when he's when he takes over with them, and uh, as I say, it was uh, it was that was that was a funny episode at Luton, but it was all forgotten after, and we had we had a terrific terrific time. And uh, as as you know, he brought Mick Martin and Paddy Mulligan in uh, to help him. They were they were tremendous as well. And John just created a brilliant atmosphere in the club, whereas in the previous manager Nathan players would come in. 10 minutes before training uh, and then they would shoot off 10 minutes after training. Right. Uh, that's, that, that's how poor it was. But with John, it was a complete opposite. Players were coming in an hour and a half before to have a bit of crack, you know, and then after training, they wouldn't, they wouldn't leave the dressings go home. It was such a, a fantastic atmosphere. And it, all round, he's, he, I, I can't tell you how much he transformed West Bromwich Albion, and I just wonder if John hadn't come in, where they'd have been today. It's um, he's amazing. So I think the whole of West Bromwich have got a lot to thank, uh, a lot to thank John for, and uh, I have personally. And he's he's such a, a great player to play with. He's you know his passing ability. If you made a run, you knew you would, he would find you. He, he he could lose people in the telephone box. You know, his marker, they tried to mark him at the game, but he was, he, he's just, I, I can't explain how, how good he was, and it's, uh, it's just a pleasure and, and a privilege to be on this evening and talk about you, John. Tony, it's been brilliant to have you. You've been great to take the call. We must get you on again sometime and have a longer chat and go through your career, uh, but you've been very well, good to come on tonight. We'll, and talk do, with John. we'll do that. We'll, we'll do that. We'll, I'll, I'll make a promise to Tony that when this. Uh, uh, Fire's thing is, is um, we'll, we'll get, I haven't seen him for a long time, so I'd love to get together, have a couple of drinks together and go back over the old times. Tony, 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 I, I, I forgot to mention it tonight, and, and he's the only West Brom player that's had a, a statue outside the ground. Yeah, yeah. And well-deserved, well-deserved. I don't know if you have his record there. Have you, Nathan, for the, for the viewers? I, I, have, I have the record here. I think, is it 218 goals, Tony? Uh, yeah, league goals. Yeah. 218 all league goals. Oh, that's league goals. All, all, all told, 270 odd, yeah. Okay, yeah. we don't want yeah, to yeah. do you. 270 goals. How many, many appearances there, Tony? 
That's Tony Brown there, West Brom legend, as John said. Statue outside the ground as well. 53106 is the text number if you want to get in touch. We are celebrating John Giles' 80th birthday. One last break, John, and one more very special guest to join us in just a moment. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Fueling the mischief in the beautiful game. Gamble responsibly. See Dunleary.net. You're very welcome back. It is John Giles' 80th birthday. John, we have another message from a very close friend of yours, uh, somebody who you've done a lot of good work with over the last few years. Uh, Pat Duffy wanted to send you this message. Hi, Johnny. Pat Duffy here. Just to wish you a happy 80th birthday on this historical night. Great achievement. But I'm going to speak about the Johnny Giles that I know through the excellent work through your foundation, uh, travelling the length and breadth of the country, uh, raising vital, vital funds for all the clubs throughout Ireland. Also the excellent work you do with the Irish supporters clubs throughout Ireland and in England. And some of the fond memories you and I have traveled up and down the length and breadth of this country. You're a special man, you're a legend, right? And it's great that I'm able to call you a friend. One of the most highlights for me uh, was the night you were, afforded the free man of Dublin and what it meant to your family, your sisters, your brothers, uh, your wife Anne and all your lovely children. It was great to be there that night with my colleague Jerry Reardon and we were so proud of you that night. Can I also just say uh, for a person who's become a very close friend of mine, thank you. Thank you for being you, Johnny Giles. You're a legend. On behalf of my wife and my family, I just want to say uh, happy birthday again, and on behalf of all the people of Ireland involved in soccer, uh, take a bow, because there'll never be another Johnny Giles. Love you loads, Pat Duffy. Yeah, that's Pat Duffy there from the FAI, that's who that's I know you did. You toured the length and breadth of Ireland throughout the years. Yeah, and he, looks after, he looks after me, Nathan. He certainly does. He looks after me, you know, to go to the places, oh yeah, it's great. I've that's heard he great. looks after you a little bit too well on some of those nights down in Westport. Well, now and again. Here we I can't complain about the. I can't complain about the hospitality. Let's put it that way. No, I'd imagine not. It's great. It's great at what he does, Pat, and he does a great job for the FBI. He certainly great does. Job. We have one final guest, and listen, we can't leave this night without talking about that brilliant Leeds United team that you were a part of. Eddie Gray is with us. Evening, Eddie. Good evening, how are you? I'm very well. You were on with us a couple of months back and I was saying to the lads afterwards, it felt like I was talking to John Giles but with a Scottish accent. You you (laughs) have an awful lot of similar thoughts on the game. Yeah, I mean, Johnny and I get back a long way. And funny enough, we joined Leeds United in the same year. Johnny joined in 63, the year I come down from Scotland. I was a young lad and I'll never forget the first time I seen John training. Um, We were supposed to be cleaning the stand teammate of ours, Mick Bates, and we, we could find a little niche through a window and watch the first team training. And Johnny walked out, just came from Manchester United. And uh, I don't know if John remembers this, you know, but 
He never wore any socks. It's the first time I've seen a footballer come out with a pair of football boots on without socks. And we were just amazed when we saw seen him play and the talent he had. And, and obviously we struck up a great friendship over the years. And the two were fortunate um, to play with great players with Leeds United. Sadly, as John knows, a few of them have gone now, but it's a great day for John. 80 years of age soon and uh, <laughs> wonderful achievement, John. Certainly, yeah, the, I, 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 a lot of luck attached to that. And uh, one of the reasons that is, is playing, playing, playing alongside players like yourself, Eddie. Eddie was a great player, Nathan. And everybody knows that. He was a terrific player. And, and, and Eddie suffered a little bit because Eddie was a natural midfield player. Uh, and at the time when Eddie joined, he was young, obviously younger than Billy and myself, and we were established in the team. And uh, uh, Don had to, had, to, had to make change, not make changes, but he had to put Peter Lormer, for example, was a midfield player. Eddie was a midfield player. And with the established players, Billy and myself, Eddie had to come in on the left wing. Peter had to come in on the right wing. And they were absolutely brilliant. Eddie was an unbelievable player. And uh, what uh, anybody that's watching this now, listening to this tonight, what I'd like them to do is to go back and try and get the match. Eddie was a Burnley. Burnley, yeah. Eddie, Eddie scored one of the most spectacular goals you've ever seen in your life. So I'd recommend anybody that's listening to this tonight, try and get... What year was it, Eddie? Pardon? What year, John? Yeah. Did that, it was 1970, John, that... Yeah, James try and get it. I'm saying to the young people, Eddie, that never that might, might have seen you play, but try and get that particular match. Try and get it learned and see this particular goal, Eddie. Eddie, yeah, I'd just like to say something, to John. The whole team. John, John, you're the reason yeah. I'm sitting here. Still a frustrated midfield player <laughs> because you were playing where I wanted to play, John. <laughs> and I know and that. I know that. Now. I could never get in the team before you, John. <laughs> but, but but what a player he made. Not not playing in his most favourite position. Like when we played in, 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 I get the ball. Eddie was always in a good position, and Eddie was brilliant. Eddie could beat players. He could court goals. He could do all the things. Eddie was one of the great players, uh, and I think he was he was called the the, the, the Scottish George Best. That's how good well, Eddie was. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, there's, there's not many. Well, high John, you weren't so bad yourself, were you? <laughs> you know, he got a lot of accolades, John, and fully deserved. I mean, the great. I mean, funny enough, John, you know, I was reading a bit, well, I was reading your book the other day again, A Football Man, and that sums you up, John, you know, because that's what you were all your life, a proper football man. And uh, I, I, I read the book with interest you, when you're talking about your dad, Dickie, you know, and yeah. how he was always right to fail when he was talking about football. A bit similar to yourself, John. <laughs> <laughs> He's been sarcastic now, Nathan. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Eddie's attitude for me seems to be, I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you, yeah, I mean you you <laughs> when you look back at your career, John, you know, we were talking there about it. Uh, Eddie just seems to have frozen there for a, for a moment. Uh, John, we'll get Eddie back in, in one second there. Uh, we've spoken so much about that Leeds team, John, over the last few years. I think in this country now, everybody knows that 11 that you played with. They're all such household names. And it's been such a difficult few yeah. months over the last six months. So many of that team sadly passing. And you touched on it before, yes. that, that bond of brothers that you had. like To yes. be a part of a team like that, that 50 years later 
we're still talking about and also there's such fondness for it's it's yeah. an incredible thing well when i was a kid uh, uh nathan i always had a dream of playing in a certain team and the leeds team did that for me that was the team and the type of team that i wanted to play in where there were great individual players playing for playing for the team ultimately the team everything was about the team norman hunter paul greeny uh, Eddie, Peter Lorimer, Alan Clark, Billy Graham, all these things. Was, everything was for the team. We were a great manager in Don Reilly. And I was very lucky. I, I 11 years, I don't, only one year playing with Jimmy Anfield. I had 11 years playing under Don Reilly. And to play with those guys were the ultimate of what I, I, I wanted to do when I was a young kid. The type of, the, the spirit, the team, everything that was going with it. Great players like Eddie, Peter Lorimer, Billy Bremner, uh, Norman Hunter. It was, 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 uh, a dream come true. Eddie is back with us. Eddie, you there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? We can, yeah. We were just talking about yeah. how it's incredible yeah, that 50, 50 years on that yeah. that team is so set in people's minds from 1 to 11 who was a part of that team. And also, as John speaks about so often, that bond that you have as a group. I think he thankfully got to have a bit of a get-together around this time last year in Leeds. And it's been yeah. such a tough year. But what you've had as a group over the last 40, 50 years. There's not many footballers yeah, I mean, who can jo get that. John jo jo and, jo and I have been speaking a bit, a bit. You know, as soon as this lockdown's finished, and we always say it, we'll need to have a, a reunion, John, and meet up with a few of the boys again and have a good laugh, because we always had a good laugh, you know, like, every time we meet. And interesting, when, you know, reading Johnny's book, you know, like, he still says, you know, he says at the end of his book, um, he feels more comfortable you know, with the Leeds lads than any other group he played with, you know. And that's that's great credit to the players that he played with and the friendship, as you say, was strung up over, you know, years and years. And plus, you know, the highs and lows of football. Everybody knows there's highs and lows in football. We celebrated the highs. And sometimes John and Peter would celebrate the lows as well because Peter Lorimer was never down. Peter was always lifting people, you know. So that type of camaraderie lasts forever, I think. Yeah, it's a, an incredible it's, it's thing. Some, it's, something, it's something that, it's, it, I tell you what I always liken it to, uh, Nathan. It's like being in the army together in a war. You have to stick together. We played in those days behind the Iron Curtain and nobody knew where we were playing. Nobody knew who we were playing. Stuck together, stuck together. If anybody was kicking us, we stuck together. Didn't give in to anybody. And uh, that's a bond that you have over a period of time that lasts. So when, when we get together, it's 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 like we've never been apart, and uh, unfortunately we haven't been able to get together because of the, the virus. But we will get together. We will. Yeah, yeah. That, right. that was quite John. That was quite a frightening night when we went to Leipzig that time because we had to go through. As it, it was Iron Curtain, as you know, we had to go through yeah. Checkpoint Charlie. You know, yeah. <laughs> we were all wondering what was happening, watching soldiers walking about the streets at both ends at Checkpoint with guns. You know, I'll never forget that. And the snow in Leipzig was awful. Yeah, you'd, uh, you'd share some and incredible and Eddie, don't forget, those guys are kicking lumps out of us as well. <laughs> Referee, not, yeah. not, not on our side by any means. That's when you have to stick yeah. together, which we did, yeah. Well, as we heard yeah, earlier on, John, John from Kevin John, Keegan, the referee was often on your side. Sorry, sorry, Eddie, go on. <laughs> John could look after himself, though. I, I, if, there's, if there's one thing we've established well tonight, it was John could look player. after himself. Yeah, the game the game was more physical then, as John knows, as it is than it is now. You know, and you expected the uh, things to be tough. I think that 
you know, when you're going to places like that, uh, you expected a hard game physically. And that's one thing about the side that I played in. Um, you know, they, they, they could play a physical type of game, but teams wanted to play football against them, they could play football as well. And that was a great thing about the side. Mm. Eddie, you've been brilliant to join us. John, unfortunately, uh, we're out of time. I hope you get to meet up sometime soon and you have that little bit of a reunion and you get to share some stories again. Uh, we'll had, do that. We've had a great night, we'll Eddie. We'll, we'll talk yeah. to you soon, do you John. Say, John. Go on, do you go say, on, John? Do you say, John? Have a nice Picardian thanks, thanks, thanks for coming up, tomorrow. Eddie. Thanks for turning up. See, I'll be in touch. We'll be in touch anyway. Yeah, happy thanks birthday. again. Yes. Andrew, thanks, Eddie. John, it's been a brilliant night. I think you can tell from... Uh, the guests that, who wanted to come on and talk about you, the respect that you're held in, the legacy that you have in Irish football. I don't think there's any question you're the most influential figure there's ever been in Irish football and the warmth from the text messages. What we might do actually, John, is next Thursday night, we've got any amount of text messages. We might run through them at the start of the show and we'll yeah. collate them all and we'll send them on to you and we can run through all them. Because uh, you're not going anywhere. There's any amount of love for you out there from the Irish footballing public. There's a huge amount of love for you here and off the ball as well. So we're not done. It's a happy birthday. That's all this is. And you're going to be back next Thursday night. Thanks, Nathan. Well done again, Nathan. Thanks a lot, John. Here, enjoy the weekend. I know you've got some family there at the moment. So love to all them. And here, have a good couple of days. We'll talk to you next week. We'll take a quick break. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Fueling the mischief in the beautiful game. Gamble responsibly. See dunlewy.net.